0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in Somerville, Georgia, with a very special guest by the name of Dwayne Maddox. Dwayne, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready, Mark. Let's do it. I think we're going to have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, would you share one little thing with our listeners today that maybe most people don't know about you?
1: Most people do not know I was born in Scotland.
0: Scotland. I'm a
1: military brat.
0: Oh, like my wife. You know, you have this look a little bit of a Scottish warrior with that big beard and the (laughs) the mohawk hair. I mean, you look like a guy that would be traveling over the hills. Did you live there for very long? So we were there until I was like three or four years old. Okay. And the
1: funny story of it is there wasn't many children my age, so we had a nanny. And she was Scottish. So when we moved back, the military put my family in Kentucky, which is not the biggest metropolis in the world where we were at. And I show up at four or five years old with a very strong a Scottish accent.
0: Yeah. So you're going to the South, which is very kind of Southerners. Now, you've got a bit of a Southern accent today, but do, can you still speak with a little bit of a Scottish accent?
1: No. No. no so they all gone. Te- they teased it out of me. You got oh. a- you gotta with my age it was in the early 70s okay. like 1970 yeah so they weren't very forgiving then
0: yeah little kids aren't for some reason I think that just builds character or something like that it makes yeah. you tough you
1: grow up tough
0: yeah that's right yeah well you have to that's for sure well let me give you a, a proper introduction we're going to talk about something that uh you're having fun with today and that is your career and your your path and TV shows and everything Dwayne Maddox is an engineer for Miller welders Miller leads the welding industry by building advanced advanced solution-focused products and meeting crucial needs for welding safety. He has been welding for over 45 years. Now, if you look at him, you'd think he started welding when he was about two, but I think he's going to share it. It was a little bit older, maybe seven or something like that. Uh, And he's welded everything from space launch platforms to underwater oil rigs and 3,000-horsepower Automobiles. Dwayne has made many close friends in the auto industry, including David Ankin of Toymakers, Sam Amadavi of Sam's Garage, and Jesse James of West Coast Choppers. I've met him before. He is quite a character. You've seen him on multiple television shows, including Underwater Empire on Netflix, and he'll be on the soon-to-be-released scripted racing show, the Fast Society, and the new season of Monster Garage. we got a TV celebrity with us today. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Dwayne, but first a word from our valued sponsors, so give them a little love today, and we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest five-layer indoor cover is especially engineered for indoor use, providing maximum dust protection when your vehicle is stored in the garage. Your five-layer indoor cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Even if your vehicle is always inside, dust and fallout can damage the paint, and an extra layer of soft, Breathable material protects from accidental bumps and rubs. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover custom fit to fit the car like a glove. And I have a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your order plus Free shipping, that's right, 10% off and free shipping. Simply use the code YEAH, Y-E-A-H-2-1, at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. Alright, Duane, we're back. So we're going to dive a little deeper into the corner. I'd like for you to kind of go back a little bit because I mentioned in your intro You don't look like you've been welding for 45 years, my friend. You've been doing something right. You look like a very young guy. Uh, I'd love for you to kind of take us back and tell us how you got involved with welding. Because in our pre-show chat, you told me a real fun story about your dad and a little kid under a welding mask and some little feet sticking out. So let's kind of go back in time before we come forward and talk more about what you're doing at Miller Electric and your television show uh, appearances.
1: Well, as I said, I was kind of Born into the welding industry. Uh, my father was a welder. I've been around it since the day I could remember. I think my mother has pictures of me under a welding helmet where just my feet stuck out, you know, laying <laughs> in a little baby crib. So uh, I have been breathing metal fumes from a very early age. And, and I think that's helped preserve me. So <laughs> <laughs> you're pickle, pickled in a way. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Pickled in oil.
0: Yeah. Well, When you go back and your career started, out of school, did you start welding right away? Was that your direction? Is that what you wanted to do?
1: Well, I did. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I knew how to weld and it got me some money and paid bills. So I started with that. As a young man, I didn't have a lot of self-discipline. So when it came time to either decide to go to college, get a job, I knew I needed a little more discipline and direction. So I went into the service. I was an Airborne Ranger, Wow! did most of my time overseas. I was in Kentucky for a couple of years, but that helped me get a lot more focus, a lot more self-discipline, you know, to know what I wanted to do. After I got out of the Army, I went back to Kentucky, started working for Toyota Motor Manufacturing there, started out on the line, and while I was there, I got my degree at nights. Moved up into the engineering part of Toyota and uh, took off from there. I was at Toyota for um, 12 or 13 years, and the whole time my dream job was to work for Miller. I, I had used their product since I was little. So after Toyota and I left uh, the automotive factory, the automotive facility is very stressful. So I left there. I went to a manufacturer that makes uh, made washers and dryers in Florida an industrial size. Mm-hmm. And I was the engineering manager for them for a while. They closed that facility and relocated to Ripon, Wisconsin, which is maybe 30 minutes down the road from Miller. A series of very happy events. I met some of the engineers and guys from Miller somebody had called them to fix something. And by the time they had showed up, I already had it fixed. So they started talking to me and said, hey, you know anyone that would like to go back to the South? And I said, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. I, do. Yeah. I spent one winter in Wisconsin and that made me decide real quickly I needed to go back South.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tough winters. Well, this is a nice segue because uh, Miller Electric Manufacturing, uh, your you guys are headquartered in Appleton, Wisconsin. Is that right? That's correct. Wholly owned by Illinois Toolworks. This is one of those, I mean, you think welding, you think Miller. I mean, it just, it is what mm-hmm. it is. And I love the fact that your uh, tagline is the power of blue, uh, that blue light in welding, which is pretty cool. So let's talk yeah. about Miller. Uh, you're an engineer there. I'd love for you to share more about what the company is all about, what you do there, because it's a mainstay in the welding industry.
1: Yeah, Miller is It it surprised me, and I tell people this, coming out of the automotive and coming out of manufacturing, I just thought that's the way companies were. When I met the people at Miller, I was very suspicious at first. I thought, there's no way these people are this nice. (laughs) There's no way these people on the line take this that serious. Yeah, You have people, when I go up to visit, line workers at Miller, like the team leaders, will come up and say, Wayne, you have any problems with customers, anything getting out of here bad? Not the supervisors, not the bosses, the people doing it ask because they want to know and they want to fix it. Nobody makes them do this. They take it personal. And I had never, I had never seen that level of buy-in before. It was just st- stunning to me.
0: Well, so it's a culture then that has been created around it is. this that builds it's like a, a pride, a family.
1: It really is like a family. I know it sounds hokey, but when someone's relatives dies, you you get hundreds of calls and messages and gifts. And it's just, it's hard to believe in this day and age in manufacturing. It, It is without a doubt the best company I've ever been with.
0: How do you think, and this is really important because a lot of people who listen to Cars Yeah are business owners, people that work in businesses. And you hear this from time to time about, and it's a fairly large company too, that somehow they've been able mm-hmm. to take this culture and, and sprinkle it down, trickle it down through all the workforce. Because you're right, many companies, the workers come to work and it's just a job and they can't wait for the five o'clock bell. This sounds like it's a whole opposite. So how do you think having been there for a while now, they've managed to do that?
1: They keep that approach from the top down. okay. And, and they, it's not just lip service, they mean it. So when I've First hired in with Miller, I had only been with him about three months. Uh, I had relocated to Birmingham, Alabama at the time and had a a, went to get a physical. Just, you know, found a new doctor. Physical was how you started your uh, relationship with him. About a week after that, I get a call from the doctor and he's telling me that I have cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this was back before all the the changes for pre-existing condition and all that. So the insurance company was saying it was a pre-existing condition. They were giving me some trouble covering it. Mm. The president of Miller at the time called my house. He called my house. So this is a man that's in charge of the whole company. He asked how I was doing, how my family was doing. And I had mentioned, I said, well, you know, I'm having little issues with insurance because of they're saying it's pre-existing. That man was upset. And he wasn't playing either. And he said, look, here's my secretary's number. Give her a call. Give her the information. We'll take care of it. You don't worry about it. Wow. Right? Wow. So the next day, I get a call from the insurance company. It says, Mr. Maddox, everything's taken care of. Your surgery is set up for this date, and we have waived your copay.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow. So he
1: he must have ripped somebody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: That. Told me that that attitude of the caring from the top down, um, it wasn't an act. Right. And when you treat people that way, like y- you can understand how much loyalty and good feelings they earned from me with that. Right. So I treat people that way, A- and it does. It carries down to others. They're good teachers. Oh yeah, I'm constantly worrying. Like you know, you think in every group there's one. A hole. <laughs> I yeah. constantly worry. Like, is that me?
0: <laughs> you don't want to be that so guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everybody else is so great. I'm thinking, oh man, am I the bad guy? <laughs>
0: oh, I don't. I don't think so, Dwayne. Well, I really appreciate you sharing a really personal story there. It's a testament to this company, and these are the kind of companies when they. And you just answer the question top down. I mean, for a company that size, for the president, for a new person to come in and for him to take that caring gesture and take care of things for you. That's how you build loyalty. That's how you build strong workforces. That's how you build people that work together, not against each other. Uh, It's actually a a tremendous story, and I'm glad that you shared that with us. I also want to talk about your tv dumb because uh, you have been on some TV shows, and you made some pretty cool friends over the years. How has that happened? How did that come to fruition?
1: I really don't know. Just (laughs) talking to them through the welding industry, you know, some of them we sponsor. We sponsor Toymaker's TV show and we sponsor uh, Sam's Garage. Just talking to the guys, we get along, you know, they're cool people. Great. Be- you hear uh, you hear a lot of bad stories about TV people, and I'm sure some of them are true, but it couldn't be more opposite that with David Ankin. Uh, he's probably one of the best people I've ever met. We just hit it off right from the start. You know, I'm a no, I don't BS a lot. And that tends to resonate well in the car industry.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's fantastic. And you're going to be on some new shows that are coming up real soon here. I mentioned in the beginning, the Fast Society and and
1: Monster Garage. So, yeah, we took a 19, I think it was a 1974 Corvette, and we made it run on wood gas.
0: Wood gas. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And
1: that's kind
0: of the exact
1: response I had when they told us what we were doing. What is wood gas? (laughs) So I had never heard of it. Evidently, And how Jesse comes up with these ideas. I mean, he's a big World War II buff. So I guess that's how it happened. You know, during World War II, there were gas shortages. Mm, Yeah. Especially in Germany. So they had to come up with other ways to get cars and trucks moving around in the civilian life. And a lot of them used wood gas. So when you burn wood, uh, methane is produced in the smoke. So really, all you have to do is capture that smoke, filter it, cool it a little bit dump it right back into the throttle body and it it runs. Wow. And it runs pretty good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Who'd we have got I think we got up to 70 or 72 miles an hour in that Corvette.
0: Holy cow. On wood gas. Yeah. Who'd have thought? On
1: wood gas. Yeah, we had a burner, we had a uh, there's a component on the side where you put the wood in and it goes through a what's called a gasifier. So it's basically a pit where it's burning and little jets out the side that the gas escapes through. You run that through a filter. And then out of the filter, it goes through an intercooler, which is like a radiator mounted outside the vehicle. And then we just dump it right back in the throttle body.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's wild. It,
1: it ran it ran good. Yeah. And I, I was kind of proud. I got to... I don't think anyone else has ever gotten to drive one of the monsters, but I got to back it out of the garage when we got it running. So,
0: Nice. Very cool. I Mm -hmm. love it. I would love to get your opinion on something. Things are radically changing in the world in many ways, and one of them is workforces. TechForce is a sponsor, not a, well, they're a sponsor, but I support them through a charity uh, to help young people get into the trades. And Mike Rowe is a good example. Mike Rowe, of course, known on TV, mm-hmm. Dirty Jobs, of promoting young people or old people changing their careers to work in industries that are maybe not as typical as going from high school to college to professional trades. We call used to call them blue-collar jobs. I call them new-collar jobs because TechForce taught me that. I love your opinion and your positivity on young people listening that that's a viable place to go work these days. These are well-paying jobs, but more importantly, they're enjoyable if you love to do things with your hands. I've had hundreds of people on the show. You're a guy that did this, and you've created this career that's multifaceted. You're a diamond. with a, I wouldn't, I'm not <coughs> going to say in the rough anymore because you're polished, but you've got all these <coughs> different facets to you to what you do. I'd love your opinion on that and encouragement for young people listening that these are viable career paths.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's no limit. I mean, wow, just look at what I've been able to do with welding. You can still get degrees like engineering if you feel the need or if that's your predilection, but the welding and the trades, that can take you as far as you could imagine. Now, I personally take a lot of satisfaction trying to help young women get into the welding field, because I'm sure you can imagine Uh, it is a very male-dominated field. And that's just the way it's been. Mm -hmm. It's not because there's a bunch of guys saying you can't. There's just never been a lot of interest put into it on the female welder side. And I think that's changing. We're starting to get a lot more women welding. A lot more young girls are looking at it. And that's, in my mind, that's how we're really going to grow. You know, And, and if we're totally honest with ourselves, usually by the time you get into your 20s, most guys have beat the crap out of themselves. I, I know I did. So women typically have a better hand-eye coordination, and the ones you see that are in the industry are extremely good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, they have to be. Yeah, the late Jesse Combs is a great example of that. Of oh, course. Yeah. You know, she was. I was fortunate to uh, have met her many times, interview her. She's been a guest on the show, and she influenced in gave uh, inspiration to so many young women that through her classes that she taught and that's ongoing today there's a foundation that has her name on it and so forth i think it's it's very very true and i'm seeing it uh, more and more especially since i have i've had over 350 women on the show that work in the automotive sector that go into this so i'm really happy to hear that i would assume you've had some great mentors in your life you've been a great mentor in many people's lives is there somebody that stands out for you I, You
1: know, I thought about this, that question a lot, and I don't think I've really had a mentor per se. Um, I've made a ton of mistakes, <laughs> and that seems to be the only way I can learn. <laughs> My, I, I would think the best driving factor for me, the motivating thing for me, and, and this will sound crazy, but it has been the cancer. Mm. Uh, I was first diagnosed with this in 2007. And when a doctor starts giving you odds, says, Hey, we've got pretty good luck with this, but you've got a 50-50 chance. Yeah. Huh. That puts things into priority immediately. Little things don't bother you. You start not not to sound hokey, but you start to appreciate the important things. Mm. Mm-hmm. You realize tomorrow's not promised. And I think after that happened and after, and trust me, I had a bad point in there where you go through depression and you have to deal with it. But once I got my mind wrapped around it, that pushes you. And I knew for a fact, you believe you know this, but until someone, until you're faced with something like that, you don't truly know, tomorrow's not promised. If you're going to do it, do it now and do it right. Put everything you have into it. And if you're not willing to do that, do something else, you know. So that has, to be honest, that cancer has taught me more than anything in my life. You know, I'm thankful for the people who taught me welding and got me started in it and motivated in it. But um, I think I've made a lot more improvements since then, especially as a person, you know.
0: Right. You seem to be a very at-peace person to me. And I'll tell our listeners, we had a great little pre-show chat and Dwayne told me about his cancer fighting and he's sitting here today as we're talking with his arm in a sling because he's been through a bunch of surgeries to repair some things. And what you just shared is so important and we, we hear this over and over, but if you haven't been faced with that slap in the face i've had family members who've had cancer my mom is a 30-year cancer survivor um, and it I, i remember that day i took her to the hospital and the doctor came out and said your mom's got cancer and it was just and it wasn't even me but it was just like a hammer hit you in the face you know and she was only 50 at the time i believe so wakes you up a lot but let me ask you this i mean how are you doing today how are you feeling today
1: i'm i'm good uh, everything came out. Okay. With the last surgery.
0: Uh, I
1: just have to get over this one and, uh, get back in the gym and I'll be good.
0: <laughs> well, we talked about that, the importance of exercising. You are a bodybuilder. I mean, you're an exercise fanatic. You work out all the time and the doctor gave you a little notice saying Maybe you shouldn't be going to the gym, but to me, I was like, well, wait, I mean, there's different levels of the gym, right? I mean, intensities, but yeah. the gym is important. Well, exercise is important.
1: And unfortunately, Mark, I'm one of those uh, that I've always believed, (laughs) if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, right? (laughs) Yeah. So if I'm going, it's hard for me to dial it back and be a little more sensible, but um, I'm thinking I'm going to have to after this one.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, maybe change the tactics a little bit, redial the dials a little bit, but uh, well, I'm glad you're feeling well. You sure look great. I mean, like I said, you don't look like you're an aged aged old grizzly bear welder like I might have expected (laughs) from somebody that's been doing this as long as as you've been doing it. Let's look ahead over the very positive outlook here. It's the only way to go through life, which is something that you've learned from this. That's right. And that is a bucket list. Are there some things that you'd still like to accomplish in your bucket list moving forward? There are some.
1: I still want to go down. I still want to go down a drag strip. Oh. Yeah. I'm hopeful. <laughs> a drag? Okay. I've got to get past all this. Well, but. yeah,
0: you kind of need both your arms because uh, you're, you're in a sling here. But So a drag strip. Yeah. Now, what kind of dragster would you love to strap yourself into?
1: I don't want to get too crazy because it takes years to build up that skill. But, you know, respectable time. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, you know, I just had Josh Hart, who's uh, in line to be Rookie of the Year, a drag racer, a really humble guy, another guy from the South, uh, just a very respectful, humble man. And uh, he's building his career and so forth. I've had young women on the show who are drag racers and Megan Meyer and her sister who are champion yeah. drag racers. I mean, it's pretty cool. My dad used to take me to drag strips, and it just, if you've never been to a drag race, you got to go. Even if you don't think you want to. Oh, it's
1: amazing.
0: Your whole yeah. body goes, whoa. Yeah, it's incredible. Have you been going to the drag races your whole life? I have. Uh, not my whole life. I've really
1: gotten into it since meeting David. So, David Ankin goes, he has a car he calls a Street Digger. I think I sent you a picture of it. Mm-hmm. It is a little over 3,000 horsepower. No. Geez. So that car is amazing. Yeah, and when it fires up and you feel that right in the pit, right in your chest. Yeah, it's you just can't help but get that adrenaline going. So I'm hoping maybe one day when he gets it ready, at least I can ride in that one. It's a two seater. Uh, oh, it's a <laughs> so, two
0: se- Oh my gosh, Since they do that for like Indy cars, I've even seen a three seater yeah. Ferrari Formula One car.
1: Yeah, that one is a street car. So it's a three thousand horsepower street car. <laughs> he could drive it to the track. Oh my gosh! Change fuel and run it down the strip and run it hard.
0: Maybe if you put your thumb out, he'll take you for a little drive. <laughs> I think so. I'm hopeful with it. I think that sounds yeah. like a neat plan. You know, this talk about cars leads me to my next question, Dwayne, and that is a special vehicle in your life. Has there been a special vehicle in your lifetime? This could be a car you've owned or a car maybe you worked on, like Dwayne's car. Tell us about that. Well. To be honest, I, I think
1: for a special vehicle, the one that the first one I can remember that woke me up to cars and really got me started loving cars, I was maybe nine or 10 years old. And uh, a relative of mine had a 1929 Auburn Roadster, oh. the boat tail with yeah. the jump seat in the back. And I still, I'm not sure why he had it. He only had it for about five or six months. And then I got moved to wherever, but I can remember him putting me in the jump seat and I would ride down the driveway and back in that car. And that's the first time I remember thinking, this is just an amazing piece of art. So I don't know how many of those cars you've seen, but I can still remember the shape and feel of the mahogany wood on the inside of the door. The stoplights had a little band across it that had the... Letters, S-T-O-P, S-T-O-P, cut out. Of, yeah, <laughs> Hand cut. Yeah. It was just a gorgeous work of art. And that's the first one I remember that got me, you know, into cars. I was so mad when he got rid of that car because I had already started working extra stuff at my grandfather's farm because
0: I wanted to buy it. <laughs> Right? Yeah.
1: Keep in mind, I was only like nine or 10, so I didn't have any real clue how much those cars are.
0: That's right? OK. You got to set goals, right? Yeah. And
1: then after that, I became the kid that like you could ask a car going down the road like, what is that? Oh, 1978 Camaro. <laughs> or, you know, I can look at the back of a car and tell you what it was. So that's what got me started into it. That and uh, cartoons, comic you know, magazine. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's quite a car to get your uh, teeth into cars with. I mean, that's a spectacular wow. automobile. Yeah. I've seen those at, at car events at Concours events and uh, they're just beautiful. Yeah. They, they, I mean, they're hand-built works of art, like many cars were back then. But that one, somebody when they first built those, took it to a whole nother level with that whole concept of the boat, the wood, those little inset brass rivets that go down the. I mean, to, oh yeah, they're, they're beautiful. It
1: yeah. was gorgeous. The the external pipes coming out from under that hood that was a mile long. Yeah. Even the motor in there. When you there, there was something about the sound of that motor. I've never heard it since. Yeah. But it was just a pleasing pitch. You know, it was just artwork to me.
0: No doubt. So I'm going to crawl in your head today, Dwayne. I'm going to be your car psychologist. Okay. If you were, if you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is the man you see in the mirror, the kind of personality that you have manifest as a vehicle. What would Dwayne Maddox be? But more importantly, why?
1: That's a good one. (laughs) I would pro I would say I would be a Early 1960s Chevy truck.
0: Okay, kind of a
1: workhorse. Not a show truck. A little bit of rust on it. (laughs) Still running, still pushing, not afraid to get dirty.
0: I like it. I think that makes sense for you. Although I put a little shine on that truck. I don't know, you Like I said, (laughs) you're kind of a diamond out of the rough. You've got some shine to you. You just got a great piece about you uh, and demeanor that's very, very nice and warming for sure. You know, we talked earlier about um, helping others give back. And uh, no doubt you do that through your work at Miller. It sounds like uh, helping and mentoring young people there, making sure they're uh, doing well. Is that something that you find really rewarding?
1: Oh, yes. I mean, that's... So I recently went out to Texas to help a program called Girls with Grit. Oh, cool. And I was teaching them blacksmithing and we were working on welding and stuff. And, you know, the lady who runs the program, she kept thanking me. And I'm like, I said, look, you have to understand this is purely selfish for me. This is such a pump to be able to do this and to see these, those young girls with that, just that desire to learn, yeah. you know, and the smile on their face when they're doing stuff. I I saw a 12 year, she's probably 11, 12 year old girl. We were blacksmithing. She got a piece of hot slag on her hand. You know, and when I saw it hit her, I thought, Oh, here we go. She shook that hand out like a fifty year old man and just went right back to work. (laughs) Knowing it burnt the crap out of her. Yeah. She didn't care. It wasn't gonna interfere with her what she was doing. So very satisfying work. It's amazing you see that.
0: Girls with grit. You know, where where have I heard that before? Is this something rather new, this group? uh fairly yeah
1: they're out of texas and she's on facebook and instagram
0: okay um, well i'll have to reach it's a out to very
1: them. In, very inspiring program yeah
0: no doubt uh, is there a book that you've enjoyed you've read that you've either learned a lot from or it's just been entertaining for you that you could share all
1: right so for entertaining i have always been a huge fan of the dragon riders of pern series let my nerd side out Yeah, i like it i love those books they were incredible But as far as a book like what you go back to and reread occasionally, for me, uh, I always go back to Sun Tzu at least once a year.
0: The Art of War? Yes.
1: And I look at it not quite as going to war, but it, it helps me understand people, interactions more, and it reminds me of things that are important.
0: It's a great book. It's it's one of those books that has been around forever, and you can take bits and pieces out of that book to work for your life and so forth. It, the title has always, I think, dissuaded people probably from reading it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's you're right. It's not about war so much as uh, psychology of man.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great reference. I've got
1: a new book I've started. uh, Brett Weinstein and his wife had uh, put out recently, and it's um, The History of Everything. So I've just started that one. It seems to be really good up front, but we'll see how that one goes.
0: <laughs> I'll make sure I put all these books on Dwayne's show notes page under guest recommended books. There's over 2,000 books there now, which is uh, absolutely fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's quite a, quite a reference. You could fill a library with it. All right, I'm going to let you go on the ultimate drive today. I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive, which means I have the power to enable you to pick any vehicle, any person, living or deceased, and you can be driving any. Where now? You mentioned earlier wanting to go on a drag drive, uh, so maybe we'll take that off the table now and and go on some other kind of a, a journey. So, what does that ultimate drive look like for you?
1: So, to be honest, I would have two of them. Okay. So the the guy in me, the complete male, I would want. To ride with Richard Petty
0: okay.
1: in one of his cars, of course, him driving, in his prime, yeah, on the damn track. <laughs> he yeah. can talk about whatever he wants to.
0: <laughs> you won't be able to hear it. Tell thing. me how.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe we can take a few slow laps. Put some, put some headphones was, on, yeah. And, yeah. Hear how it went in the early days. Yeah. But if you're talking to the engineer side of me, I don't see how anybody could resist having riding in a Tesla with tesla i would love to see his reaction on how technology has affected things and the energy uh, uses that we have now uh we'd have to catch him before he kind of cracked up but i think that would be an amazing ride
0: incredible person and you you wonder if you know the other guys hadn't come along and kind of pushed him aside what would happen with electricity and and All of that. The what ifs in life are many, of course, but you know, that's an interesting combination of people. And I don't think anybody has mentioned Tesla as someone to (laughs) ride with. I've heard some pretty interesting people on this show, uh, mentioned, but, uh, I think that would be pretty cool. Both those people, Petty, of course, and, uh, yeah. That would be neat.
1: Yeah, you got to have the king in there.
0: Absolutely, but, absolutely. Yeah. You have taken us on a marvelous ride today. This has been such a delight. You know, the great thing about what I do is I never quite know. I always say that doing this podcast is like uh Forrest Gump's box of chocolate. I never know what I'm going to get, but it's usually pretty tasty. This one is quite special, Dwayne. You are a magnificent, well, thank you, really inspiring person. Before I let you go, could you share maybe words of inspiration, uh, a mantra, some kind of success quote for our listeners?
1: Yeah, I think I've already mentioned it once, so not to spoil it, but um, I try and make it amusing. But if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. (laughs) If it's worth you doing, if it's worth taking your time, put every damn thing you have into it. And if it's not worth that level, do something else. You don't have to do anything. Choose what you love and put everything you have into it. There's no way you can lose.
0: Absolutely. Great words of inspiration. How can people learn more about Miller and learn more about you?
1: So Miller, of course, you can go to MillerWelds.com or you can catch uh, Miller Welders on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, If you want to catch me on social media, it's my name, Dwayne Maddox on Facebook and then Iron Demon Forge, one word, on uh, Instagram.
0: There you go. I'll put links to all of those on Dwayne's show notes page here on Cars. Yeah, on the website. Uh, I encourage you to follow this guy. Um, you probably already know him from the TV shows he's been on and so forth, but uh, definitely a great inspiration for everybody. And I want to do a shout out to our mutual friend, Tori de Blasi. He's the one who introduced yes. me to Dwayne. Tori is great. Isn't he a great guy? Yeah. Uh, he's introduced me to so many wonderful people. So Tori, thanks again for a big-time winner here. We struck the uh, the gold uh, gold mine here with uh, Dwayne, for sure. Dwayne, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your uh, life with us. What a great talk this has been. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Stay healthy, stay well.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah!